0: Welcome to a special edition of Civic, where we're bringing you audio from the most recent San Francisco press conference about how the city is responding to the coronavirus pandemic. We're bringing you the full audio of these announcements, with only pauses and silences removed in the interest of time. This announcement was made on Tuesday, June 30th, 2020. You're listening to KSFPLP 102.5 FM San Francisco.
1: So thank you for joining us today. Um, Today we are going to provide you an update on COVID-19 in San Francisco. And with us as speakers, we have Dr. Tomas Aragon, who is our San Francisco Public Health Officer, as well as Director Joaquin Torres, who is the Director of the Office of Economic and Workforce Development. So thank you to Director Torres and also to Director Aragon for joining us today. Um, We're going to have time for each of them to speak and then following their remarks, then we will open it up to our question and answer portion. Um, So with that, I will hand it over to Victor.
0: Uh, Actually to uh, Dr. Aragon, and we'll also have a presentation as the doctor uh, presents. Thank you, Dr. Aragon. Uh,
2: Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Dr. Tomas Aragon. I'm the health officer of the city and county of San Francisco. Thank you for spending part of your afternoon with us today. I'm going to make a few opening comments. I'm going to take you through some of our indicators, uh, and then we'll uh, open it up for, for questions as as everybody knows the number of covid cases has been increasing not only throughout the country not just california but also here in san francisco we've had uh, also increases in hospitalizations and i'll go through that very shortly one thing to appreciate is that we knew that as we began to open up the economy that we would expect uh, cases to go up we also knew that we would have to look at the data and decide whether we were going to take a pause whether we were going to roll back um to really double up on our efforts to try to contain this virus as you'll see from the health indicators shortly the health indicator the way that we designed our system is to be very sensitive so that we have an early warning system and you'll you'll begin to appreciate as I, as I go as I go through that and so currently we are on high alert, not just as a city, but also as a region. As, as you see, as you'll see, um, whatever happens in other places actually impacts us. And the San Quentin outbreak is a is a really good example, how that's impacting our hospital system. In San Francisco, we we really focus on trying to be as objective as possible to use the data, the science, and the facts as we know them to make our make our decisions. We're working closely with leaders um uh partners across uh the region the universities to give us guidance business the community to really help us accomplish our goals as safely as possible the most important thing the most important message that i can really convey today is to recognize that all of us everyone in san francisco we all have a critical role to slow down the spread of this virus there are a few things I want everybody to remember. Stay home as much as possible. Please, when you're out in public, cover your face, practice physical distancing, wash your hands, disinfect your environment. And the last thing, if you feel if you feel any type of symptoms, please get tested. This is really the most important thing. If everybody practiced everybody practiced these behaviors, it would really have a, a a big impact, and so I'll continue to emphasize that because I think at the end of the day uh, we're going to have to coexist with this virus, and we're going to have to change our behaviors. So we're going to go ahead um, and bring up the indicator page, so I can just take you through a few of the indicators. Can you
1: see
2: it? Okay, good. So why don't we go ahead and just start scrolling down a little bit through that? And stop there for a second, and you'll see that we have five areas that we look at. We look at the hospital system, we look at the cases, we look at testing, we look at um, our performance around contact tracing, and then we look at our supplies for personal protective equipment. Next, go move down a little bit. And you'll see that we use, uh, we're using a color coded system. And what I'll do is I will actually show you, I'll show you how it works when we look at the at the data, that's gonna be the most, most important thing. So why don't we go ahead to the first um, section that has the hospital data. Okay, why don't we stop there? So this is, this this indicator here really reflects how quickly our hospitalization census is changing over time. So you'll be you'll hear you'll hear, for example, in California, 34% of hospitalizations have increased since a certain over a period of time. So this is that metric for San Francisco. How fast hospitalizations increase are really, really important um, because it gives us an idea of it gives us an idea of how many people have been infected and then how many of them are now coming to our attention um, in terms of the healthcare system. So, we, because this has increased so rapidly over this short period of time, we're actually in the red here. So, you can see over this period of time, it's increased by 49%. Um, We've been fortunate that our hospitalization census in general has been has been uh, stable over time and decreasing, and this has really changed over the past few few days. So I want to emphasize, so this is a really a really critical indicator because it, rep, it, rep, it represents not just the most severe disease, but it also represents the strain on our on our hospital system. We have uh, currently 64 patients hospitalized. We've had 18 patients who were transferred out of jurisdiction. This afternoon, we'll have an updated count. 13 of those patients came from San Quentin, and five of them came from Imperial County. So, if we go down to the next one. So, while hospitalizations go up, we want to look at our capacity. So the capacity is broken up into two areas, which is our acute care beds and then also our ICU beds. So while the hospitalizations have gone up um, sharply, our capacity right now is okay. We have, we have uh, 35% of acute care beds are available and we become con- we, we, we need at least 15% available and then 28% of ICU beds are available and, our, and our, our goal is to at least have uh, 20%. So you'll see in both those areas are are green. So that's um, that's uh, good news at, at the moment. We're gonna go to the, the, the next slide, which is gonna be the cases. This past week, we saw a sharp rise in cases. First of all, let me say that as of today, we have 3,603 uh uh, confirmed cases of of COVID that have been that have been diagnosed um, in San Francisco. Unfortunately, we've had uh, 50 San Francisco residents that have have died. The met- the way that we calculate this metric is that we take uh, the ca- we take the cases um, over a seven day period and we calculate a rate. And you will see that the rate increased up to. 5 point nine per 100,000, it's decreased slightly to 5 point eight. We're concerned if we're if we're going above 6.0 per hundred thousand. Our goal is to be less than one per eight per 100,000. And you can see that we've never we've have not achieved that yet, but it did stay flat. and this recent increase, is is very concerning to us and the reason why it's concerning to us just like the hospitalization data is that we don't know whether this is going to be a one-time blip or whether this is the tip of the iceberg and we're going to have a rapid increase in cases and hospitalizations it's too soon to tell so we're going to be mon- we're going to be monitoring closely over this coming week and one of the common questions I get is how is this going to affect um, the pausing of our reopening. So we do not anticipate reopening um, for at least through the July 4th weekend. So assuming that if things were to get better, then we would we would start considering whether we can open up and we would look at that early next week. So it's really important for us to have realistic expectations that it's too early to to for us to know if we're getting ourselves into a situation that's going to be hard to get out of. And you see that happening in other counties. Is that when when the when the effective reproductive number goes above one, the cases start um, increasing. It's a positive feedback loop, and it's really hard to to turn it back. Once you have a lot of people infected, it's hard to turn that back. We don't know whether we're in that situation. The next several days is gonna is gonna be really critical. Uh, in terms of testing, today we've we've. We've completed over 140,000 tests. Our overall positivity rate has been around 3%. In general, um, the state would like us to be below 8%, but the lower the better. From my perspective, 3% is still relatively is still relatively high, it, um, and the reason is is that it means that on average, what, we're, what we expect is that up to 3% of people are actively infected. And for people that have large exposures where there's gatherings, that means there's a a good probability that at least one person in that gathering is going to be positive. And that's why it's, it's, it's important for us to really push that positivity rate as low as possible. We have 29 testing sites in San Francisco. Any worker that leaves the home to work can get tested regardless of symptoms, important for folks to know that. Anybody living in San Francisco that has at least one symptom, symptom can be tested for free. And we, anybody that's been exposed to a positive case can also be tested. So please make sure you connect to 311 and to, and to visit uh, um, our, our uh, website if you need more infor- more information. I'm not going to go through the other indicators. we're doing we're doing relatively well in the other other indicators. Um, and we are there's a lot of activity happening this week in terms of looking more closely at the data. We're doubling up our efforts, working with the populations that have been that have been impacted. We know, for example, in the Latinx community, there's always been, that's always, there's always been a lot of infections in that community and we're, we're studying the epidemiology to see why this increase is, is happening. So we're in the process of really really trying to f- figure, that, figure that out. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna turn it over to Joaquin Torres who will give you um, an update from um, his perspective and then we'll open it up to questions and, and I'm sure we'll be able to cover a lot of different areas
3: as we answer your questions. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Aragon. Um, I very much appreciate all the work that you, under your leadership, uh, together with Grant Colfax, have been doing um, to manage this crisis um, uh, and to manage the pandemic's impact on us, not only on our physical health, but our emotional well-being, and also, uh, as importantly, our economic health, economic health of our communities, our small business owners, our business owners, and our workers. Um, I know that uh, many here uh, know that Mayor Breed has made uh, recovery and relief um, a priority for, for her office. And um, through our Office of Economic and Workforce Development, we have been doing that work. Um, we were very much involved in advocating and working in partnership with public health uh, to facilitate the next round of reopening that was scheduled for uh, uh, yesterday. Um, uh, and of course, like so many of us, including the business owners we have been working with together, Uh, to get us to this place of the right information so they could reopen safely. Uh, We were all just very disappointed that we had to make uh, this very important public health choice to put a pause uh, on reopening during this time. Um, But I just want to reiterate to the small business community and the business community at large that we are constantly advocating and working collaboratively with the Department of Public Health uh, to ensure that everyone is aware of the economic impacts and the livelihoods that are at stake here uh, in terms of the work that we need to do collectively um uh just as dr aragon noted uh the importance of uh, looking not only here at home but across the nation and knowing that we made the right choice based on the data uh, that we had and so i very much appreciate um uh the frankness and the direct conversations i've had with business owners who understand this but are at the same time disappointed uh that we're in this place um uh, uh just to quickly recap on on where we where we are right now uh, we know that in san francisco Uh, We've been talking about this for weeks and weeks since this began in terms of uh, the impact on workers. Uh, More than 153,000 residents uh, here in San Francisco have filed for unemployment uh, since February. Uh, We know that uh, unemployment rates uh, have jumped uh, from below 2% um, before the crisis began to 12.6% here in San Francisco. Since we've been recording this data, this is the highest we've ever seen it, just to highlight Of the degree of impact that we are uh, seeing and feeling here uh, in San Francisco. Um, When you look at uh, the backdrop in terms of the millions of people facing the same hardship in the Bay Area, 1.2 million, 5.8 million in California, and then, of course, nationally, 43.6 million uh, in need of relief uh, due to their uh, inability to be employed at this time. Um, uh, As we've continued to say, we've seen the need be unprecedented, but we've also seen extraordinary work done. Um, 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 in terms of developing new programs that can support uh, our communities during this time, whether they are workers, whether they are businesses, um, and also doing that through immediate relief. Um, Just a quick highlight in terms of some of those programs, um, our resiliency fund, we're about to uh, begin announcing those new awards um, as soon as next week. Uh, That total amount would have been for $2.5 million for that resiliency fund. We have $13 million uh, in zero interest loans that are available um, uh, uh, currently uh, that we are going through the process of uh, uh, determining who is benefiting from those from right now. Um, we are also looking to move forward uh, with additional allocations of the workers and families first paid sick leave subsidies to make sure that employers have the ability to offer paid sick leave to their employees after satisfying some of their initial obligations uh, in $10 million. Uh, dollars towards that program. And then most recently on June 19th, on Juneteenth, uh, we announced 1.5 million uh, for the first African-American small business revolving loan fund. Um, all of this designed to complement uh, other resources that are out there to meet an extraordinary need for our for individuals, for workers, and for our small business community. Um, these dollars, these investments cover jobs, protect jobs, cover payrolls, and help our neighborhood businesses stay afloat. And uh, as importantly, a lot of that rests with the public. We really do want to highlight that, as you do decide uh, to go and patronize your local businesses, those who are taking those very, very diligent steps uh, to create safe environments for you and for their workers, um, uh, that they need your support during this time as well. And so please maintain and continue your investment in your local small businesses, um, uh, they, are, they rely on you. Um, uh, in the same way, we've been relying on the public and generous donors uh, to support our Give to San Francisco initiative, where we've raised over $28 million to support those priority areas of the basic needs uh, here in San Francisco. Housing stabilization, if people are at risk of not being able to pay their rent. Uh, food security to ensure that vulnerable populations, including seniors and low-income families, um, are able to have the food that they need during this time, Um, and then support for families uh, who may not be able to access state or federal resources and individuals who may not be able to access the same to ensure that there is relief available to them. And then finally, all of the uh, philanthropic donations that have supported our ability to support our small business community during this time. Um, We were were very, very thankful for all of that. Uh, And then also finally, which is in alignment with our public health goals, making sure that there is an incentive program that's available for workers to know that they can recoup lost wages where um, they may not have any other benefits to do so through our Right to Recovery program, which we'll be excited to launch shortly. Um, that will provide critical financial support to workers who may uh, need to lose wages uh, due to our collective desire to have them quarantine uh, safely um, uh, for ourselves, for their families, uh, for our communities. Um, and as, of course, as uh, Dr. Aragon said, Um, We are partners in getting the word out there about the importance of testing, especially for our essential workers, um, because it's an important part of our strategy so that we can continue to build on the success that we've seen through safe, responsible, um, and aggressive uh, reopening uh, to ensure that we are being collective and comprehensive about uh, the work that we need to do together to get our economic and cultural vitality um, uh, released uh, into our communities and neighborhoods again. Um, uh, we all know that we must keep our communities safe. Uh, and as Tomas Aragon said, we must. Uh, it's up to all of us uh, through our face covering, social distancing, and the practicing of good hygiene. Um, so to all the residents and the businesses and the community organizations out there who I've personally talked with, who I've seen taken the steps um, uh, to make sure that not only yourselves, your workers, but the public um, are actively engaged in a safe environment together with all of you, Um, We are so, so grateful for the work that you have done to meet both objectives, economic and physical health, uh, through safe practices uh, under the leadership and guidance of the Department of Public Health. Um, So we thank all of you uh, for doing that work uh, in helping maintain a strong, vibrant, and safe and healthy community here in San Francisco. Um, For anyone who is looking for information, please do visit our uh, information with regards to whether you're an employee, a business owner, please do visit. Our website oewd.org for a list of those resources that are available uh, whether you're a worker a business uh, or a nonprofit Um, and then also uh, to reach out to the SFGov site and simply type in reopening where you can see the latest inflow uh, information on the timeline uh, that's in place right now uh, in terms of which businesses which sectors um, are able to begin uh, reopening Um, uh, so I just very much appreciate the opportunities as I know Mayor Breed does, uh, to continually get the word out there about the work that we are doing uh, to support the community at this time, uh, and very much looking forward to uh, answering your questions. Um, uh, And very much appreciate the opportunity to be with all of you here today. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, both Dr. Aragon and Director Torres for your comments today. Um, With that, we are going to begin with our question and answer portion. So, our first question is from Andres at Telemundo, who asked a recent wallet a recent wallet hub study states that San Francisco, along with d c are the worst cities run during the pandemic. Any comment, thank you.
2: Um, I, I, I don't understand that question. Can you repeat it?
1: Um yes. so there was a a recent study done by Wallet Hub that stated either San Francisco, um, along with DC, are the worst-run cities during the pandemic. Um, requesting if you have any comment, um, and if you need more clarification, perhaps Andres could drop that into the question um, yeah. Chat box.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure what it, I'm not sure what what worst-run city ref, refers to. Um, so I, yeah, I, it's hard for me to comment on that. I, I can really only comment on our um, our public health actions. So I'm not sure what what worst runs worst-run city means. So we can um, wait for clarification.
1: Okay, let's return to that um, question at the end. So our next question is from Matthew at the Bay Area Reporter. Will you be adding small independent fitness businesses to the list of essential businesses that can open, along with nail salons, barber shops, during the next round of openings? Why or why not?
2: Um, at yes, yeah, so that ca- that 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 category is along. One thing to one thing to realize is that so. Um, we had decided we we started with low risk categories first moving to higher risk categories things that are going to be done indoor and then within that we're spreading them out and so this is all part of the bucket of things that are going to be spread out and i think one of the challenges is that is that um, sometimes businesses will get frustrated because they they feel that they can operate immediately and what happens is, is that because we spread it out it may, if it doesn't come in the next wave, it would probably come in, in, in the next gate. So it's not, it's not that we're, we have anything um, negative about, about a specific business, is that we're trying to, we're, we're spreading out the activities. Um, so it's too soon to tell about that specific activity, but I know that's being considered with everything else.
3: Just speaking to that, uh, to, to that component, we've been in conversations with Dr. Aragon as well, Um, uh, to make sure that we see this as an opportunity um, uh, to ensure that uh, industries like these sectors like these um, have a way to open up by maintaining those conversations about practices that can be adhered to to help us do that.
1: Um, Thank you. Our next question from Angelina at KTSF. When will hair salons be allowed to open? What is the timeline for opening restaurant dine-in? Thank you.
2: So, um, hair salons is part of personal businesses that we were considering as a group, and that's part of the, what happened with this pause. And that 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 group right now is is being moved. We're not going to. We, we it won't happen. The li- earliest that that could even we could even begin to think about it is going to be after the July Fourth weekend, assuming everything looks good. But again, we're gonna we're gonna look at it, we're gonna look at the data carefully. We're gonna look at uh, the, all, all the different ac- activities that we're thinking about opening up and making any de- any additional decisions after we really have a good look at the data. But it is being considered as that, among those activities that are called personal services. And so those w- will be considered as a group at, the, at this time.
1: Thank you. Um, our next question comes from Maureen at CRON4. Are any steps being taken to try and discourage gatherings over the 4th of July weekend?
2: That's a really good question. And that's one of the reasons why I think it's really important that we have this media availability (laughs) because I think it's really important to get the message out there. Um, So yeah, so the July 4th weekend, the best thing you can do is to stay home. (laughs) That's just in general. Um, We're really gonna, I I think one thing you have to realize is that um, any type of gathering any type of gathering where people are coming together and there be close proximity, um, especially if they do not wear face covering or raise their voice, is high risk. And so it's very important for us to realize that. So we we hope we hope that people will, will stay primarily stay home, but if they do go out, please avoid crowds, please look at, at fo- social distancing, please wear uh, the face covering. It's incredibly, incredibly important. And this is just true throughout all of, all of California. Just, um, we've seen over the past several weeks that the gatherings has really had, um, has made an, an, an impact. One thing to realize is that gatherings is a social phenomenon. This virus doesn't care why you gather. The virus has no values. It doesn't care why you're getting together. It will exploit any type of gathering regardless of the purpose. And that's one thing people really have to understand. This virus is relentless and it's unforgiving and it will lull us into a sense of uh, confidence that everything is okay. It is so infectious. It's so infectious. Just talking puts infectious aerosols into the air and it's especially worse if if you're indoors. And so I think it's really important for people to get that message, and for the media to really get it get it out there that this, this virus is is very is very um, sneaky in how it infects us.
3: There was a question that we were asked um, uh, the the other day around what the, what else the public can do to support the business community during this time, and I think that specifically with regards to this level of comfortability that people are getting um, uh, getting themselves into sometimes, that business owners are doing a great job of. Maintaining a direction to their clientele about maintain your face covering. You cannot enter without a face covering, et cetera. And I think really that what we need, there's so many people who are abiding by that, but there are some that are not. Um, And it's just very, very important that these business owners are just trying to do their part to support our public health goals. And we really need the public's help in responding to that positively, um, patiently, and with a sense of understanding that this is the work that needs to be done. To get our economy back up and running again with some level of stability, um, uh, so that we can hum and be vibrant again here in San Francisco.
2: Yeah, I just want to reemphasize what, what uh, Joaquin just said. It's if all if all of us really adhere to the protective behaviors, then it's gonna it's gonna make it it's gonna make it easier for us to um, to restart the economy. So it's really really really
3: critical.
1: Um, Thank you for those responses. Um, So our next question is from Univision. And also, please, a reminder when you type in your questions to the chat box to include both your name and your outlet. Um, Our next question from Univision, what is the importance for residents to wear face masks inside businesses? We have noticed many residents getting upset when being asked to wear masks.
2: So the first thing to recognize is, is that at least half The people who are infected with the coronavirus, half of them have no symptoms. They think they think everything is okay. So the reason we wear the face covering is so that we do not infect the people that we care about. We do not infect other people. So the face covering is really important to put on there. As I mentioned earlier, every time you talk, especially if you elevate your voice, you're putting out droplets and aerosols into the air. That can be inspired deep into the lung and can make people very sick. So we need people, we need people to really put on their face coverings um, and to realize that it's really to wear your face covering is really an act of compassion. It's an act of contributing to the to the community and our ability to really to really go about and, and try to live more normal lives. So it, it is it is so, so important. And I think we have, and we and we have to make this a social norm. We want people to feel uh, c- comfortable wearing it outside, inside, all the time. Especially if you're around uh, people who are vulnerable, people who are older, people with medical conditions. If you're around, um, please please wear the fa- uh, facial covering when you're at work with your coworkers. Please wear the facial covering. Otherwise, you're going to infect your coworkers. And that's what we're we're, we're seeing with uh, the essential workforce. We see a lot of infection happening in that population.
1: Um, thank you. Our next question is from Roland with the SF Chronicle. Were the one hundred and three new cases on Friday connected or linked to a specific location?
2: Uh, no, we the we um, there wasn't a specific location. We saw some general we we saw some general trends. Um, we continue to see the infections in the parts of the city that have been impacted, which has primarily been uh, the Mission District, Excelsior, outer 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 Mission, and Bayview Hunters Point. Um, and then we saw some increases more in persons who are uh, persons who are uh, other ethnic groups outside of the Latinx, so white, uh, African American more in the young including in late june we saw more person, more teenagers becoming infected so in general it's it's really it's, it's 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 going beyond the core group that we've been seeing them and i think that's why it's really important for everyone to really take to heart the recommendations but what, there hasn't been a specific there hasn't been a specific um, lo, lo, location or a, a specific activity that we've been able to identify
3: just to go back to the um, uh, the question around Fourth of July celebrations, I believe that all the media who are on the call have received the mayor's press release, where she has um, uh, amplified what Dr. Aragon had said earlier as well in terms of uh, the waterfront celebration not occurring this year, not occurring this year, um, and then asking San Franciscans to practice um, uh, safe social distancing now uh, and on the Fourth of July weekend. So also you can look to that press release as well.
1: Thank you. Our next question is from Karishma with KQED. Um, she has several questions, the first of which is, what are the contributing factors in climbing cases?
2: So, yeah, so we, uh, we can't point to any one thing, but I think in general, when you just look across the country and across California, and we know, we, we know that in general, just from the, our, our, our observations, there are more people that are out and about there are more people that are, that are, you see more people gathering for, for different purposes. We see people not wearing their face coverings. I know we get, we get complaints of people not wearing their face coverings at work. We get complaints of um, a client, a customer not wearing a face covering. And one thing they really appreciate is that the workers who are in that store, they're getting exposed to customers all day long. And so that, and that's why it's really, it's really important. So we, we know that collectively this is making a difference. And then anecdotally, we, we, know, we, um, we, we know that people are traveling to other parts of California. Some people are even traveling out of state and getting infected in other areas and then bring it back to San Francisco. So even if you travel, you really need to continue to practice. You need to continue to practice this. And just recognize if you go into an in, indoor, indoor activity in another area, because that area allows it, you're putting yourself at risk and you may be bringing the infection back to San Francisco and to your family. Was there a, was there a follow-up question to that?
1: Um, yes, we have a few questions from Kirshen. Okay. Thank you. Um, so her next question is, are you prepared to not just pause but roll back reopening? And then um, in addition, she asked, what would it take for San Francisco to roll back anything?
2: That's a really good question. I think um, right now we're in a very different situation than we were when, back in March, when we did the shelter in place. you remember back then, we did not have a case investigation, contact tracing. We did not have sufficient testing. We didn't know a lot about asymptomatic infection. So we know a lot more about the virus now than we did back then. We also know from other countries that are fighting the coronavirus, that they're able to open up their economy safely, and, and stay and stay open while implementing all of these interventions. And so, before we consider rolling back, we have to really focus on making sure that we're, we're implementing everything that we know about this virus. And it can only happen if everybody everybody does their part. The last thing we want to do is to is to uh, is to is to roll back. And what I would say is that um, that type of activity, we would really do it as a region. We're in communication with the health officers in the region. We have frequent calls with the state. As you know, as you know the, um, the state at this point right now is slowing down. They've done, they're recommending some rollbacks in certain parts of California that are getting into trouble. You'll notice that some of the... Um, uh, bars are being closed in Southern California and also the Central Valley. So there is, there is some activity, what some people may describe it as, as rollbacks. So it can happen. And so people need to realize is that if, if, if necessary, high risk activities may, may, be, may be rolled back. We're not there yet in San Francisco. And with everyone's contribution, we hope not, not to have to do that.
1: Um, thank you, and then we touched on this a bit earlier, um, but if you could respond to the next question, and perhaps um, Director Torres as well, what do you want to see in people's behavior over the Fourth of July weekend?
2: So I will give you sort of my, uh, my, my personal take is to, uh, so fourth, July Fourth weekend is really is special for 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 everybody, of course, special for the country as well is to whatever you you do, please, please, please do it safely. If you do go outdoors, I think there are a lot of outdoor activities. Remember early on, early on when we started opening up, the first thing we opened up were outdoor activities, recreation, outdoor businesses. Think of all those weeks where we had all those activities happening. People out running, biking, hiking, doing all kinds of really good things and our numbers stayed down. That's what we want. If you're going to do something this July 4th weekend, you're going to celebrate. Do it in a way where go outdoors, spend, spend time with people in your household, and, 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 and do it in a way the, way, the way we know that we can do it because we've done this before. We had all those outdoor activities. We can, we can do things safely. And so please choose something safely as opposed to going into gatherings, going indoors, not wearing your face mask. Um, not, not social distancing. That's what's going to get us into trouble um, this weekend.
3: Um, I think along the same lines is that if people are going to visit businesses, to abide by social distancing rules, wear your face mask, comply with requests that say you can't enter if you don't have one on. Um, uh, don't congregate in large groups. Uh, wash your face. <laughs> I mean, wash your hands. <laughs> don't touch your face. Um, uh, and, uh, and and just. Keep everyone's health and safety in mind and be respectful. You might feel safe, but your activities could contribute um, uh, to new cases um, or activities that might uh, set us back, and that's not where we want to be. Uh, Again, it's about everyone working together around these commonly held public health guidelines that are very simple and very concretely important for us to continue to make progress. And and my hope is that um, that progress leads to additional allowances that allow us to continue to move forward, um, uh, which is what all of us want to see happen here. But it can't happen unless the public is working together with the guidelines that public health um, has put out for the community.
1: Um, our final question from Karishma is, does San Francisco have what it needs if there is a major surge in cases?
2: So, um, Currently, in terms of our hospital system, yes, currently we we do, um, but we, we and, but we don't want to get to that place where we have to we have to uh, start using our surge our surge capacity in our, our alternative care sites that are being uh, developed. Um, the other the other thing that uh, complicates our surge, our surge is not just from San Francisco residents; it's also from people in other parts of California. Who, because of mutual aid, end up here? So we have patients from San Quentin, and we have patients from Imperial County, all the way from the, the Southern California. So anything that happens in California actually impacts us here in San Francisco, and so that 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 contributes as well. We are right now we're doing we're doing well, and we want to continue. We want to keep it that way.
1: Thank you. Our next question is from Ron with the LA Times. He has two questions for Doc, Dr. Aragon. The first is, why do you think people are acting differently now in complying with health orders than they were in the spring, and what needs to change to get people to act differently? Is the public less scared now?
2: So, I think this is a real challenge. I think what we're seeing is 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 a, a couple of things that I want to point out. One is, I think it, it is normal behavior. I think this is normal human behavior. Um, Stay, sheltering in place is is incredibly exhausting to people. Human beings are social human beings. We want to and need to spend time with other human beings. so this is natural that we 're going to want to spend time with with, with, with other folks so I, I think part of this is just is just normal no, uh, us being normal humans um, and people get exhausted of doing these practices We let our, we, we let our guard down, and so that 's why we have to sort of we, ha- we're, we have to sort of really mobilize. We, we need to mobilize psychologists, people who understand behavior. It's really help us figure out how we, can, how we can really help people adhere to these um, practices because it's, it's really hard. And then the other thing is leadership. Leadership really matters. And I'll, it's, I'll just give you an example. In San Francisco, we're very fortunate because our leadership, our elected officials support the public health recommendations and 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 that's very critical they they wear their face coverings they're they're practicing what we're what we are preaching and i think one of the challenges is is that from from at the federal level from washington we're getting different messages people are getting different mixed messages about wearing face masks how important they are about not not following the science and i think that can confuse some people in the population And for those who are sitting on the fence, it may be enough for them to become more resistant to the public health messages. So I think having the political leadership, the business leadership, the religious leadership all being on board is really critical. We all need to be on the same page.
1: Thank you. And our next question from Ron with the LA Times for um, Dr. Aragon is, why do you think we're getting into trouble in the Bay Area, even though the Bay Area has moved slower in reopening than the rest of the state?
2: That's a good, that, that's a, a good question. At this, we, we know we, we haven't, we have some ideas, um, but we haven't been able to, they're really more hypothesis. We think, um, it, we think it's a combination of things. Um, we have just seen more gatherings happening for all, all types of, all, all, all types of reasons. Um, and we know that in the occupational setting, especially the essential workforce, where they, they work all day long and they get exposed to the public. Um, if they're not wearing a, f- a face mask or the public's not wearing a face mask, then we're going to have more infections. And we also know that, in the especially in the area where there's a lot of crowding, where people live in crowded conditions, that those workers then go, go home and they infect they infect the household. And some of these households are big because people, because of uh, housing is very unaffordable in San Francisco. You may have many people or multiple families living in single, single locations. And that contributes to that infection spreading even in the household. So we see that really, as I mentioned earlier, in the Mission, Outer Mission, Baby Hunters Point, and the Excelsior District, we see high rates of infection in the community. And so that's going to be a combination of infection in the workplace, but also the conditions that people live in.
1: Um thank you Dr Aragon. Our next question is from Maureen with Cron 4. Today the governor announced that he would add four counties to his watch list within the next 24 hours. Does Dr Aragon believe San Francisco will be one of those counties? He also said that indoor activity is worse for spread. Is there any thought of shutting down indoor activity like in-store retail?
2: Um so yeah, so I guess the question is, is, well, the first question is San Francisco gonna be on the, uh, the, the watch list. Um, I'll have to wait, I'll have to wait. Um, we, it, because, because our hospitalizations have increased, it's very likely that we will, will, we will be part of that list. And what the state looks to is to make sure that we're looking at our data and we're doing everything we can to make sure we can inter- interrupt transmission and to making sure that we have our surge capabilities in place. And then the question about indoor activity. Yes, indoor activity is a really important area, and I would say the combination of where you have indoor activity and where people are unable or unwilling to put on a face covering—that is the highest risk. And so that, and 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 I think, and I think this is where, as a region and as a state, we really have to put our heads together. And talk about how we can mitigate we can mitigate the risk if you have an indoor activity where a person does not does not um, or indoor activity where uh, wearing a face covering is not part of that activity i think that's very high risk retail is a little bit different because in retail people are people are moving through people are can keep their face covering on, it's not, a, it's not the type of activity where you have to remove your face covering. And I think in general, the public health authorities are concerned about um, indoor bars and indoor dining where by definition, in order to do that activity, you have to remove your face covering. And so the scientists are really looking at that and that we, the scientists are concerned about that type of that type of activity. So I think that's something we're gonna have to follow, follow closely. And get um, more input from, from the state as we move
3: forward in that area.
1: Thank you. Our next question is from Liz, who is with the Bay Area Reporter and PoZ Magazine. Does the data suggest whether recent large protests have contributed to the rise in new cases?
2: Right now it's too soon. It's too soon to know. Um, I think the, uh, I, I, the, for me, the important thing is to emphasize is that the virus doesn't know why people are gathering. They, the virus has, the virus is completely agnostic to why people are gathering. If people are coming together, if people are raising their voice, if people are not physically distancing, it's going and, and people are not wearing face coverings, that means it's going to raise the risk of infection. And this is going to be really important as the prevalence of active infection increases in the community. And so this is going to be true for any reason. So, of course, all, all the public health authorities really worry. We worry about gatherings regardless of, 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 the, purpose of, of the purpose of it. And um, so, yeah, uh, we, at this point, we don't, kn- we don't know. We don't know scientifically um, to what to, we don't know scientifically if the protests have contributed significantly to any rise. I know the scientists are looking at this very carefully to really try to sort this out.
1: Thank you. Our next question comes from Eve with Eater San Francisco. Do you anticipate pushing out the July 13th reopening for indoor restaurant dining? Will timing for outdoor bar reopening be staggered to allow your departments to evaluate both activities for risk factors?
2: Um, at this soon, at right now it's too soon to tell. We're, 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 we're looking at the data this week and then we'll be convening um, our pub, public health experts to talk about all of these issues. It's, it's too soon to
3: tell. And what, we're, what we as a department are asking for in the conversations that we continue to have because we know this is sensitive for the business community. And it's been great to have Dr. Radagon uh, respond that he knows and his staff knows this is important, that we provide enough advance notice um, uh, for individuals, um, as best as the department can, um, so that businesses can plan, uh, because we know that's extremely important in this time right now. Um, the, the good news is, um, uh, in terms of what's available right now, is that nothing has been rolled back, that the outdoor activities that have been uh, allowed this far are still able to move forward um, right now, unless we hear otherwise from public health. But as of right now, those outdoor activities. Um, are still being supported and we're just very grateful that we are able to maintain that level of uh, activation for the purposes of economic vitality.
1: Thank you. We also received a question um, via email that asks how San Francisco residents can safely support our small businesses that are open right now.
3: Sure, um, uh, Sure. if you are, um, uh, if if you are v- visiting them, Um, uh, Please do support them. There there are folks that are doing things still online. Um, Respect their business practices. Go, you know, pay them a visit while you have uh, your mask on after you've washed your face with not too many people around you. Maintaining your distance. Um, uh, Seeing how and checking out how these businesses are making it work for themselves. I was just out checking an outdoor dining space last night to see what the experience was like. And generally, people were extraordinarily Um, uh, kind, uh, accepting, and patient, and dealing with these new practices that they have to take on so that this business and its workers uh, can be successful and that the people could enjoy themselves uh, at the same time. Uh, That type of behavior, that activity of being respectful of each other in public space, in the public realm, while also contributing and investing and spending time and money in your local businesses and supporting them locally, that's the best thing that, that you could be doing for people right now. Um, uh, And then I think also most importantly, especially during this time, is that um, uh, we on our website have created a black business directory uh, so that people know how to support local black owned businesses here in San Francisco to complement the great work that's been done by the Chronicle and others. So, you know, if you want to be more specific about the investments that you're making uh, on what makes us proud to be Americans over this weekend, um, uh, that you have another path in doing so as well. Um, and so, please do visit our website for Black-owned, uh, Black-owned businesses here in San Francisco, so you can contribute in that way as well.
1: Thank you. Our next question is from Laura Schaefer. Um, she said, "Is there a sense of when the planned June 29th reopenings can potentially restart, depending on health data?" Of course.
2: Um, we do, we don't know yet. We're going to start look. We'll, we'll the earliest that we're really going to begin considering that is going to be uh, next week. And it's going to really depend on how the data is um, this coming this coming week. So it's too, it's too soon to tell. But we'll as soon as we have we have information, we'll absolutely let every, every everybody know.
1: Uh, thank you. And so our final question is from Nicholas at the SF Examiner, um, and that is: Has San Francisco received prisoners from this from San Quentin Prison who tested positive for COVID nineteen, and how many as of right now? And have any of them died in a San Francisco hospital?
2: Um, in terms of we add, uh, what's currently um, on our website, we did we did receive 13. I understand that that will be updated tonight, so there there may be a few uh, other admissions. And and to the best of my knowledge, no one no one um, has died in San Fr- in San Francisco. I I, I know from news reports there was one person that did die in San Quentin, San Quentin as of this morning, but that was not in the San Francisco hospital.
1: Thank you very much. So, this concludes the question and answer portion um, of today. So, I would like to thank you all for participating. We will be sharing a recording um, of this roundtable via email. Um, so, thank you again. And, Dr. Aragon, if you could um, just stay on the video very quick. Univision would like a soundbite in Spanish um, for one of the questions that was asked before.
2: Okay, voy a tratar de uh, contestarlo.
1: Muchas gracias.
2: ¿Qué es la pregunta?
1: Um, so the question is, and this was asked earlier in English, um, what is the importance for residents to wear face masks inside businesses? We have noticed many residents getting upset when being asked to wear masks.
2: Esto es, esto es muchísimo importante que la personas se pongan la mascarilla. Una persona puede tener coronavirus y no tener síntomas. Es decir, que uno, uno puede estar contagioso. Y si no ponen la mascarilla, pueden infectar otra persona. Puede ser un trabajador, puede ser su familia, puede ser su abuelita. Es importantísimo que todos pongan sus mascarillas, especialmente cuando están, fuera, cuando están fuera de la casa con personas que no son parte de su hogar. Que, que pongan las máscaras, que, que practiquen distancia distanciamiento social que se laven la mano que que limpien la ambiente y se necesitan p- prueba que va aquí en San Francisco pueden pueden tener prueba en este momento en el área de la misión te, ya tenemos más lugares uno, una persona puede ir a coger es, esas pruebas es bien importante especialmente si, si están ad, en un lugar adentro afuera el riesgo es, 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 es más pequeño pero con una persona está adentro importantísimo, uno está en, cuando uno pone sus masquerías, lo que están diciendo es que ellos, ello, um, como se dice, es una, uh, compasión, uno está, uno, uno está actuando con compasión cuando se, se pone su masquería.
1: Um, thank you, Dr. Aragon, and then if we can just ask you one more question in Spanish from Telemundo, and then uh, we will wrap up, because I know you have another meeting to attend. Um, so our, our final question, um, requesting comment in Spanish is, why is the Latinx um, population the most vulnerable? And can you comment in Spanish on the reopenings and 4th of July?
2: Well, it will be for various reasons. One will be because the Latinos, principally, they have to work. And as they have to work, they will get out of the house Tienen esos tipos de trabajo que no se pueden quedar en casa trabajando ahí con su computadora pues ellos, van, eh, 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 ellos, van, ellos tienen ese riesgo de estar expuestos a las personas a las personas que, que tienen infección algunas veces también están trabajando en, en ambientes en lugares donde los trabajadores están bien bien cerca uno a otro y cuando están en, en ese, cuando ellos están cerca a otros trabajadores es otra vez importante que se pon, que se pongan la mascarilla. Y nosotros, nosotros sabemos que bastantes veces no, no se ponen eso. Y después lo que pasa, ellos van a tener la infección y lo van a traer de vuelta a la casa. Y en la casa cuando hay tanta gente viviendo allí, en la casa es casi imposible prevenir la infección. Este virus es tan contagioso que es, es bien difícil um, uh, prevenir la infección. Por eso es que es impo- impor- importante siempre estar cuidado y cuidado cuando, cuando, cuando están trabajando y este este um, fin de semana para el cuarto de, de julio que por favor por favor si van a celebr, si van a celebrar mejor que se, mejor, mejor quedarse en casa mejor quedarse si van a, si van a ir fuera estar con las personas con quien tú vives que no vayan a um, lugares donde hay bastante gente. Si, lo, si por cualquier razón lo, van a hacer eso, es importante el distanciamiento social, la mascarilla, las manos de las manos y tener mucho cuidado. Como yo dije, lo dije en inglés, yo no sé cómo se dice en español, ustedes me pueden ayudar. Este virus no tiene valores. Este virus es relentless y unforgiving. Y por favor, traduzca eso en español para mí y por favor... I, uh, es importante comunicar eso con sus um, con las personas para que ellos ellos, ellos sepan uh, porque nosotros sabemos en la comunidad latina hay demasiada infección y tenemos que cambiar eso.
1: Thank you very much, um, Dr. Aragon, and thank you again, Director Torres, for joining us today. So that will conclude um, our media round panel, round table, excuse me.
0: This has been a special edition of Civic from the San Francisco Public Press to bring you the full audio of the latest city press conference about San Francisco's response to the coronavirus pandemic. You can also find this audio and a brief text summary online at sfpublicpress.org. This was an update officials gave on Tuesday, June 30th, 2020. Because we're running full audio of the announcement with only pauses and silences edited out, we've had to interrupt our normal programming. We'll return you now to PRX Remix, storytelling from public radio. This is KSFP LP 102.5 FM, San Francisco.